Lord Jesus taught the church how to pray in Matthew 6, verse 9 and following. In verse 10, he includes the statement, Your kingdom come. And the church confesses, makes her confession concerning this in Lord's Day 48 of the Heidelberg Catechism on page 561 in the Book of Praise, asking, what is the second petition? Your kingdom come, that is, so rule us by your word and spirit that more and more we submit to you. Preserve and increase your church. Destroy the works of the devil, every power that raises itself against you, and every conspiracy against your holy word. Do all this until the fullness of your kingdom comes, wherein you shall be all in all. Beloved Church of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible reveals that the sovereign God created you to be among those representing his sovereign rule and dominion on the earth. So you're kings and queens in the universe that God has made. And at one time, we read about it in Scripture, God was recognized by all his creatures as sovereign king. But after Satan and his angels fell, there was a rebellion in God's kingdom. Of course, the rebels were only creatures and, and could not topple the, the creator king. But the enemies of God were and still are intent on ruling over God's subjects and destroying God's beautiful creation. And although it was not hard for the devil to instigate man and all the children, I think there's 30 of them in the junior catechism class learned that, those words that the devil asked, did God really say? It was not hard for the devil to instigate man to sin. God's hand intervened when man fell into sin. He, he put enmity between his people and the devil. And he announced his plan to restore his kingdom through the covenant, through a child who would be born in the line of the promise through Eve. It's Genesis 3 verse 15. And so throughout the Old Testament, the hope of God's people was placed on that promised coming Savior and King. The Psalms that we're singing today, Psalm 72, also hymn 46 then, and Psalm 21, and Psalm 2, and there's many more Psalms that we sing today that, that mention God's anointed King. They were Psalms of prophecy pointing to the promised Messianic King. David and his descendants, like we read about in 2 Samuel 7, they foreshadowed that promised king who we know as Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament kings, they served as guardians of God's kingdom until Jesus Christ came. And so the mark 
of a true king of Israel was not his ability to establish a good earthly kingdom. Otherwise, there would have been no reason to take Saul out of the place. Saul was tall and he was strong and he was a mighty warrior. But the Lord was looking for a king who was willing to be humble, a king who was willing to serve in God's eternal kingdom. And that kingdom of God precedes and supersedes all the kingdoms of the earth. The kings here on earth were mere servants of God's kingdom, taking their turn on the throne as they awaited the coming of Jesus Christ. And the gospel we confess today is that we know the king. We know Jesus Christ because he has come, the son of God born of a woman. And he has taken his seat on the throne of God's kingdom. Although like David, our Lord Jesus did not begin on a throne, immediately after he had conquered death and the grave and the resurrection, he rose to his throne in heaven. And that's where he is right now. And even though, uh, even now, although he is on his throne, like King David in the Old Testament did, our Lord Jesus is in the process of defeating all his and our enemies until the kingdom will be all in all. And we're in that in-between stage. And so the Lord Jesus, before he ascended into heaven, he told us, his people, to pray, to pray for the kingdom, to pray for the kingdom that he has obtained for us and to pray for the fulfillment of his plan when he will be known again and recognized as all in all. And I preach to you the gospel of Jesus Christ under this theme that Christ's spirit within us makes us seek first the kingdom of God. And we pray, according to Christ's command, thankful that God's kingdom is revealed in Christ, is preserved in the church, and will be all and in all. So after all those years of searching for a king who could conquer sin and all God's enemies, you can, you can imagine the joy of God's people when John the Baptist preached that the kingdom of heaven was at hand. It's Matthew 3, verse 2. And he was preparing the people for, for the Lord Jesus Christ. For the Holy Spirit reveals that Jesus would reign over the house of Jacob forever. That's what he told Mary in Luke 1, verse 32. And then when Jesus was born on the earth, God's people could celebrate that the fullness of the kingdom was coming one step closer. And Jesus wanted the world to know this wonderful gospel. And we can read both Jesus and his disciples were declaring the good news. And then we read what that good news was. They were declaring the good news that the kingdom of God was at hand and that it had come. And the people recognized Jesus as king on Palm Sunday. You remember when they were waving the palm branches and, and they were singing, 
Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. And the Pharisees, when they asked our Lord Jesus when the kingdom would come, he told them that it was in the midst of them. Luke 17, verse 20. It, it was there. It, it could be seen. It was in the midst of them wherever the Son of Man is recognized as the King. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you are a part of the kingdom of God. Even though it may feel like you are a, a loyalist among many, many rebels, the kingdom of God is revealed in Christ. In his parables, the Lord Jesus announced that the fullness of his kingdom would not be seen clearly until he comes again to judge the living and the dead. Even though he is already on his throne and he has been given all authority in heaven and on earth, not everybody honors and not everybody worships him as king. And Jesus' parables make it clear that we are still living in a time when the righteous and the wicked are living together, and the sheep and the goats graze together, when wheat and tares grow together, and good fish and bad fish are in the same net together. The Lord Jesus recognized that there are people who say, Lord, Lord, but they will not enter the kingdom of heaven, Matthew 7. And there are people who are looking. And Jesus says they are not far from the kingdom of God. That's in Mark 12. But it is only those who love Jesus Christ as king that will know the secrets of the kingdom of God. Perhaps our present situation is best illustrated with the parable about the nobleman who went on a journey and entrusted the administration of his kingdom to three servants who each received a different number of talents. You can read about that in Matthew 25 or in Luke 19. The nobleman who went on the journey is like our king, Jesus Christ. And we are like the servants who have been called to manage his work while he is away. We know that Christ is king, but since he is not here physically with us, his kingdom can only be seen on earth in the measure that we, his servants, are faithfully representing his rule in our lives. When the church prays the second petition, we recognize that we have been given the privilege and the responsibility to be faithful stewards of God's kingdom until our king returns. We'll see that, that we pray thankful that God's kingdom is preserved in the church. We pray thankful that we, as members of Christ's church, may be a part of a kingdom that is not of this world. When you walked in today, you saw the text displayed on the wall from Luke 12, verse 32, where Jesus said that God is pleased to give the kingdom to his little flock. And the Holy Spirit tells us that whoever 
believes in Jesus Christ is delivered from the domain of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son. You read about that in Colossians 1, verse 13. No matter what earthly ruler we may be placed under, like it was in the Old Testament, and as Jesus explained to Pontius Pilate, we, God's people today, we know that we are a part of a kingdom that is not of this world. And the Holy Spirit leads us then to live according to the promises that we have received in our baptism. We live for, for different reasons. We live for a different goal. We are a part of a kingdom that is not of this world. The spiritual kingdom of God is made visible in the church on earth and the connection is so close that our Lord Jesus announces that he gives the keys of the kingdom of heaven to his church. That means every promise, every exhortation given in the authority and the name of the Lord is connected directly to the realities of the eternal kingdom of heaven. And when we pray, your kingdom come, we are thanking the Lord that he is within his church so that it cannot fail. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. We, uh, we, we confess our allegiance to that spiritual kingdom first of all. And together with our Lord Jesus and Philip and the apostles, the faithful church today may preach like we read in Acts 8 verse 12, the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, telling the world that King Jesus Christ is reigning from sea to sea, from the river to the ends of the earth, and he will reign as long as the sun. That's what we sang about in Psalm 72. And so we pray this second petition as heralds of the great King Jesus Christ. We're, we're going out before him. We're, we're telling the world who is the supreme eternal ruler. And we're telling the world that is trapped by the dominion of the devil and his forces. And we're telling the world as preservers and protectors of the kingdom of God. You see, our Lord Jesus made it clear that Satan has a kingdom too. He talks about it in Matthew 12, verse 26. And although Satan knows that he has been defeated and, and cast out of heaven, he has gathered his demonic forces in his attempt to ruin God's subjects, to ruin God's kingdom that already began in paradise. And so when we're praying your kingdom come, do you see how we're praying as, as soldiers? We're praying as soldiers in a spiritual battle with the, the forces of evil pressing in. We pray with urgency of soldiers, Lord, may, may your name be recognized as the only name. And we, rec we pray with the knowledge that we are the privilege, we have the privilege of being guardians of the dynamite, powerful word of the gospel of truth. What a blessing 
to be able to pray this second petition with the words of 2 Corinthians 10 in our minds. Here, the Holy Spirit is speaking, Paul is speaking, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. And so when we pray the second petition, we pray thankful that there is a place on earth where the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is actively working through the Word, through the sacraments, through the discipline of the church to work change, transformation, to give new life. When the Word of God is faithfully preached and taught, then those who truly seek first the kingdom of God will also seek to, to be there to gather together, to be living and active members of this congregation of believers. The Lord Jesus helped us to identify the kingdom of God on earth by explaining what the true subjects of his kingdom look like. It's important to know that you are in the place where Christ Jesus is reigning. And so the Lord Jesus gave some very clear instruction in the Beatitudes, in Matthew chapter 5 and in Luke chapter 6, the blessed be sections of his Sermon on the Mount. He gives a very clear list of, of what it is to be a child of the kingdom of God. And in many other places, our Lord Jesus revealed that where there is humility and trust, and reverence like that among little children, there you can see a glimpse of the kingdom and the reign of God through his Holy Spirit. Where you see the fruit of repentance and regeneration, there you are seeing a manifestation of the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit makes us seek first the kingdom of God, to truly desire the coming of the promised day when the kingdom will be fulfilled and we will drink the wine new with our King, Jesus Christ, in the kingdom of our Father. And we pray thankful that God's kingdom will be all in all. You see, the kingdom of God manifests itself to the world through us, through the church, through the congregation. And everyone in the church wants to see the kingdom continue to advance. We want to see the rule of Christ continue to be recognized by more and more people. And our Lord Jesus himself then taught us to desire, to pray for the furtherance of the kingdom as members of the kingdom because of our faith in Jesus Christ being heirs and not usurpers, taking it by force, what is it that we really want to see? What advances, what changes are we looking for when we pray, your kingdom come, 
What more do we need to see? Well, in the second petition, thankful that God's kingdom will be all in all someday, we ask that the church that we are a part of may remain on the path of truth in Christ Jesus that will lead us to eternal life. We want our church, we want this congregation to be faithful. We are praying that the gospel of truth that we have been entrusted with, the word of God, often translated into even an accessible language, that that word may be faithfully interpreted, faithfully proclaimed, faithfully honored. O Lord, we pray, lead us by your Spirit in the truth of God's word. O Lord, help us not to block what the Bible is saying with our sinful desires. Help us to submit with reverence to the difficult passages. Help us to accept with faith the things that we cannot understand. This is what we're praying for in the second petition. Guide our preachers. Guide our teachers that they may be faithful in expounding the truth. Give courage to the office bearers to be diligent in church discipline. Bless all the apostles, fellow workers for the kingdom of God. Ensure that your word continues to be accessible to us so that we may always return to and see Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. You see, brothers and sisters, we, we pray for this church, for this congregation, that we may remain faithful on the word of truth. And, and we do that, and maybe you don't realize it, but in the world right now, there are many people in many cities that you can visit that they are starving for the word of God. Maybe they don't even have the word of God in their own language, but maybe they have it very accessible, but it's not being held to by any church in the whole city. And they went and they looked and they looked and they want to have one church that explains the word of God. That's today. Missionaries see that all the time. And so we pray with seriousness, Lord, may we remain on the path of truth. And once we are able to see evidence that the congregation in which we are members is faithful to God's word, we ask further that we ourselves, personally, in our own lives, may live as the kingdom of priests, under our God and Father, who has glory and dominion forever. That's a quotation of Revelation 1, verse 6. The Lord Jesus was clear that not all the sons of the kingdom will recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 8, verse 11. And the Holy Spirit warns us, warns the world that the unrighteous who persist in their sins will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so we pray that we may be willing to leave our sinful desires and our temporary earthly kingdoms behind as we willingly pass through many tribulations on our way to enter the kingdom of God, as Paul 
told the church in Acts 14, verse 22. Oh Lord, we pray, grant each one of us spiritual growth so that we may be living, active members of this congregation where you have placed us, serving and loving one another in the communion of saints. And knowing as a member of God's church, knowing that, that one day God's kingdom will be all in all. And that our Lord Jesus will reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. That's 1 Corinthians 15, verse 24. Knowing that, we look with compassion and we look with urgency on those who do not know the Lord. You see, the Lord is coming, and we know that. And we know what he promises to us. And that, that works in our hearts and, and a desire that they too may know. And we pray, Lord, may your kingdom come. May more people know the truth. You see, the Holy Spirit has revealed in 1 Peter 3, verse 9, that the Lord does not wish that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And so we pray for the salvation of our neighbors. If you look at Matthew 23, verse 13, you'll see that the Lord Jesus called down woes on the hypocritical Pharisees for shutting the kingdom in God's, or shutting the kingdom of God in people's faces. And then he urged his church not to shut the doors to his kingdom, but to, to open them and to make as much effort as you can to find and invite all of them to the great wedding feast in the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 20 tells us that latecomers are welcome. And we pray for that advance of the kingdom. And at the same time, we pray that the full number of God's elect may be gathered together, that that number will come, and, and our Lord Jesus Christ will be revealed with, uh, from heaven with his mighty angels. We are tired of the constant attacks against God and his church. We are overwhelmed by the persecution and the sorrows of the spiritual battle. And we truly desire to see our God recognized as he once was by all the universe, by all creation, as the only and the rightful king. And so, also when we pray, your kingdom come. We don't just pray for strength for today, but we anxiously hasten the coming of the day of the Lord. As you read in 1 Peter 3, Verse 11 to 12, anxiously hasten the day of the Lord. And we pray, O Lord, come quickly. Come quickly. We want to love you unhindered by sin. We want you to truly receive all the glory of all creation. We want to know you as you know us. And our hearts are, are connected to that kingdom in heaven. We're so thankful that we have an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we pray, may the day come quickly. 
in which we can rejoice with the seventh trumpet that you read about in Revelation. We may rejoice with the seventh trumpet and the voice, voices in heaven saying, and we read it in Revelation 11, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. The dead have been judged, and your servants have been rewarded, and we may worship you unhindered by sin forever and ever. Amen.